I'm Kirsten Jordan, and this is how you sell without selling out. Roger's that. Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, and welcome to Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. And today, we have someone who has sold a lot, but she's never sold out. This is somebody that I met through the world of saturated sellouts. You guessed it, real estate. Uh, she is a TV titan. You know her from Million Dollar Listing. She is a producer in Manhattan, which is the hardest industry or the hardest real estate market probably in the world. She sold almost a half a billion or by now probably a few billion dollars in residential real estate. She is a titan. She is a girl boss. She believes in empowering the next generation. She's a wife. She's a mother. She's a podcaster. She's an Instagram liver. Uh, some people call me the space cowboy. Some say that I'm the gangster of love. But today we have my friend, powerhouse real estate agent, Kirsten Jordan joining us in studio today. Kirsten, how was that intro? I love that. I went Steve Miller a little bit because I yeah I didn't want to go a smoker a toker and but <laughs> I, I went with it. But uh, yeah, we're we're excited that you're here. Kirsten flew all the way from New York City just for this podcast today, which the power of this just continues to amaze me. Um, Mom, Dad, thank you for downloading it. Uh, and Southwest, thank you for flying Kirsten here today. <laughs> so may, maybe give us a little bit of background before the TV mm -hmm. and the glamour and the glitz and being yeah. a celebrity in the world of real estate. What made Kirsten Kirsten? You know, what's crazy is before I cast on Million Dollar Listing or anything, I was a real estate agent for over 10 years working on teams for other people. Mm. I started off as, a, as an assistant to a top producing real estate agent in Manhattan, and I literally was her just anything she wanted me to go do. I had, I was running around doing showings. I was, I was in, in New York city. There's a lot of board packages. There's a lot of administrative work that goes on, but it was a hybrid role that wasn't this breaking out a team into who does operations, who does sales. I was doing everything that she needed. And I did that for over five years. And what the I, same person for the same person. That's yeah. Loyalty. Wow. Yeah. I, I, she, she's amazing. And I learned a ton from her, but, um, what was really cool is I was able to start my family while I was a real estate agent, but I was still working for other people. And so by the time I had already been in the business for 12 years, I had three kids. I still have them and, uh, and Ooh, married. That would have been awkward. If you're like, <laughs> I chose real estate over my children. And if you guys are watching this right now, I don't remember your names, but I just had a closing. So <laughs> worth it. Three kids and three a husband kids and a husband. And I was, but I was still not, not doing a ton of business. Like I was doing, I was probably selling like in New York. Well, like probably doing 20 to $30 million a year in sales. And that's, <sighs> and in New York, that still and I worked isn't almost really, two days a week. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. No, no, it was like seven days a week. But the problem was, is that I was doing every single aspect of the business and I had completely lost any sort of passion for it because at that point you're just cranky. I was a mom of three and didn't have enough support. And when I decided I wanted to try to go out on my own and make a change. Cause I was working for, an, I had gone from working for this woman to then working for another group. And I was still a team member and it was just, I, I hadn't, I hadn't done anything organized to build up my business and I wanted to take it to kind of the next level. And so when the million dollar listing opportunity came up, I thought I actually literally was so ready to sell myself out. Cause I was just like, I got to get out of I can't do this anymore. Like if I, if getting on TV is what it takes to be able to have a real business and be able to hire an assistant and to be able to have an infrastructure, like I'll be on million dollar listing. I don't care. My husband was like, you just are you sure? So many realtors careers. They all think yeah. that that's what it's going to You think take. that's yeah. what it's going to take. And, yeah. and my husband was like, are you sure? Like you don't have any idea what this is going to be like. And, and I thought, I don't care what it's going to be like because it's clearly my calling. I think I'm really going to be really funny and great. It's going to be awesome. And then, and then it's all going to come into place. And it didn't actually, I did get on the show. I did do, I did do a season, um, but it didn't make my life easier. It was actually the opposite, but 
it gave me the confidence to, to start my team and, and go on my own. So as a, um, I have a lot of anger towards real estate, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. grace and appreciation for it, but something as I've gotten older and my wife and I have one child of our own, uh, hopefully more to come. But I, I realized a few months back, I think that, you know, having a kid makes you think about the world different. Real estate to me, especially residential, and you and I are both grinders. You have to always be on. It's exhausting, right? It's really hard to in a city like New York or even Dallas. You, you can't go anywhere without running into someone who's a prospect, a past client, and angry. It's exhausting. <laughs> but I finally realized that I think residential real estate is the only career that the better you get, the harder it gets, right? And, and you think about it, whether mm-hmm. it's literally the scalability of growing a team mm-hmm. or checking in to where I've literally caught myself time blocking to like hold my daughter. Yes. Right. And, and I think it's because you, you have to live in this fear that if you don't respond, they're going to they're going to cut you loose. But I feel like you got that pretty early on where for me, it took me every bit of 20 something years to have an ounce of perspective. But, you know, you said you climbed the ladder, you've had the job doing kind of task management and being a gopher and a, all these other things. Mm-hmm. And then selling 20 or 30 million dollars anywhere in the world, New York City, Dallas, Boise, Idaho is a lot of real estate. But the thing about New York, too, is you guys have a different tax situation than we do here. You saw, you saw, you make $900,000 here. You're taking home 700. You make it in New York city. You're taking home maybe 200. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Which is still a lot of money, but yeah, it's, it's not worth the lifestyle. Well, it's not a lot of money there. That's the problem is that not in addition to the fact that the tax burden is much higher, the cost of living is, is just enormous and keeping up with the Joneses is an absolute fortune. But screw the Joneses, you know, like, yeah, 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 screw them, screw them. But where are your developers hanging out? Where are your clients hanging out? And if you want to do high end, because the objective in New York is to start selling larger apartments so that then if you scale, then, you know, your team could be doing the smaller transactions and to be up at that level, it's, it's just costly to keep up with them to be in the sphere. It doesn't mean that you've got to have the best handbag, but you do have to be at the events and you have to be, you have to be there. Which again, there's, I mean, the sacrifices for it. And, yeah. you know, I, I was telling Kirsten, which I don't think we've really talked about this on the show before, but I started doing this because I really thought I epitomized someone who my, I thought my secret weapon before having a, a kid was resiliency. And I thought that I could, and I have really thick skin and I deal with a lot, but that's like the worst thing ever when you're trying to actually have a life and breathe. And this podcast kind of caused me to break down and, and reassess everything to where I was like for a long time, the perpetual, just, I can't miss every, anything. You have to be there. You have to spend more money. I'm like, Oh my God, I need to work to make money and I need to have a life to be happy. And I think that again, New York city and Dallas, believe it or not, probably epitomizes keeping up with the Joneses here, literally the Joneses. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's like, it's, it's not worth it. And I found that I'm sure, and this is why you and I, we clicked, we did a social media thing. We're like, okay, we're friends and you're normal in a world full of abnormal, you know, everything you can imagine, uh, sell out punks. Um, but I tell you this to where I think what happened coincidentally, when I stopped caring in a respectful way, it all started working differently. Mm-hmm. Um, in large part, cause I didn't have the luxury of just, you know, being, being gone every single day. But, uh, I, again, I could digress and talk about this for a long time, but with the real estate stuff, what got you there, right? You, you, again, to be on TV, you got to have you got to have some special sauce. You got to have mm-hmm. a personality. You got to be confident. But to sell twenty million dollars in real estate, you got to know what you're doing. So, what, what was your background before real estate? When did you get to? Fifteen years ago. So, what's funny is I actually don't have any other background because I didn't really do anything before I started in real estate. Oh, you and me both. Yeah, like I just real estate's <laughs> Olsen twins. Exactly. Yeah, we grew I don't up know. in this business. I, I literally, I, it's actually a problem, and I and the people that I hire in operations roles, I don't want anybody who is from within real estate because otherwise, I'll never learn anything. What does your husband do? My husband's a developer. 
and wow. a real estate investor. So I don't, and oh, then I, so, so in addition to it. selling out in my, it, it, outside of the home, I come home and, and I, and I underwrite buildings and talk about numbers. Does your husband hire you to work on his stuff? Yeah. Not like, every single one. How, okay. Not well, every single one. Fair. I mean, it, and I, and that was something that at one point when I was pregnant with my first or second child, there was a couple of projects that came down. Three. I have three. There's yeah. Three. And, and yes, well, it was there the, during the, th during the third pregnancy, there weren't a bunch of opportunities, but during the first and second, he had a bunch of projects that he was working on that he had to pick people. And in New York, it can take three, four, five, six years to, to get a project underway to the point where you're selling. So there are projects that I gave up when I was pregnant with my first child that are now coming to market with somebody else, because I said, I'm too pregnant. I can only handle working on the pre-development of two projects right now. And, um, and truthfully, yeah. D is it hard to watch somebody else launch the project? Yes. However, it was such a long process and there's so much emotional angst for him in that project that I dodged a bullet and I have emotional energy to put up with other clients that aren't my husband. I can read nice between way. the lines. I can call someone in New York. I know some people. If you want them taken out, I think Tanya Harding's <laughs> looking for some work. So, um, yeah, we'll when, right by on. the time this airs, she's going to be coincidentally the listing agent on every one of these projects. And all you people <laughs> that are doing this right now, you watch out. This mustache is a mask. I'm really in the mob, and that's why we're here today. Yeah, and she's going to give me a referral legs. fee to where I get paid to take out the Well, you have some incredible well, – you, you still have that business? I love that business with your referring incredible people around the country. Uh, this episode brought to you by Healy Global Real Estate and Relocation. Yep. Real estate and moving assistance all over the world. HealyGlobal.com for all you people that have the internet and also if you have social media at Healy Global. So yeah, thank you for that plug. That was amazing. You have, yeah. you have some incredible clients through yeah. that. And I thank think you. the system you have set up is really amazing. It's all a facade. It's literally, it's, <laughs> it's smoke and mirrors. I don't even have a real estate license. I just want to do apartment leasing. Um, and I'm really doing this today to hope that, are you hiring? I would like to be oh, a yeah, real you estate Oh yeah, you want to come work for KJ team? Virtual. Virtual. Please, okay. just consider. Okay, so back back to the journey. You grew up in real estate. You're mm -hmm. the Michael Jackson, you said, of real estate, the Macaulay Calkin of real estate, the Olsen twin of real estate. Do you miss out on having a life? All the time. Seriously, don't you? All the time. What do you? What would be like... But I don't even know... I mean, like I said, like being the Olsen twin, I don't even know what a life would look like because mm -hmm. of the fact that... I mean, I... Jokingly, I've had people ask me like, "Do you, what do you do? You, what do you actually do for fun?" I'm like, "I don't know." I mean, so what is fun? It's really fun when I walk outside and like I looked nice and I bumped into an old client. Like that's really fun because I actually looked nice and then there was the old client. I was like, "Yeah, hey, how are you? I didn't even have to call you, and we're gonna talk now." But check. Yeah, but yeah, but I know. You know, the celebrity that I envy the most that I think I align with is Adam Sandler, because Adam Sandler has made it, and he wears he doesn't wear big puffy jackets. To, he wears them because they're comfortable. Yeah. Right. And I had a suit on because of something else. But, you know, again, it's just that lifestyle. And I think that, again, you, you live it and you breathe it and you actually it's it's genuine. And you start by saying essentially the best way to get successful is to be on TV. And I know there's obviously some uh, facetiousness in there. But, you know, what about the struggles, like the struggles that you faced as an agent where you probably can go out of New York City to a diner, a coffee shop and an Uber and they're going to probably have their real estate license. Right. Yeah. There's what, a lot of people. What were the struggles? What, what was I that think road that like? The, I think if I looked at the arc of the storyline of all the struggles, the first main struggle was, of course, living in New York City and being an assistant. Like, because of the fact that the assistant role that that the way that it was structured when I was an assistant or or like the right hand to an agent is that I was doing so much admin work and so much showing work that I didn't have any time or, or chance to build my own business. So I spent a long time learning the business without actually even really fully building a book, which I think is something looking back, I would never recommend anybody do that. I would say like, if you plan on being a sales agent, it's really important to do that. That's my, that was the first kind of struggle. Cause I still 
when I finally went on my own within that team after six or seven years of working for her, I wasn't just hitting the ground running because I didn't, I hadn't, I've been doing some of my own little sales, but I hadn't built, built my business. The second thing was then the fact that I ended up, childcare is so expensive in New York City and I had to have childcare to be able to go to work and also have like a daycare school equivalent because of all the holidays in New York City, it's very, very, your kids are out of school all the time between, so you need to have childcare, you need to have, but you have to have them in school to socialize. And so essentially for, there were several years where I spent more money on childcare and school for my children than I was, than I even took home. It was like, here's my paycheck. But you write it off because it's lead generating. I mean. Hey, H&R Block. <laughs> my kid's school actually, yeah. Uh, Especially in, in at certain schools, absolutely, it's lead generating. But the problem is if you're so stressed and you're like got your head down too much, you're not even generating leads because you're not even able to be there because you're sending other people to pick up your kids is and nobody gets to know you. Is the worst industry on planet Earth if you want to have a healthy life? Honestly. I think, it probably, I think it probably is, is if it? you want to have a healthy and, and, and life, and for I, sure. And I'm being, again, half, I'm yeah. joking. And I've, I've done this you know, for a long time too, but it's, it's, it's a hamster wheel and it's oh. infinite elasticity. And there's someone else coming up with their goal is taking you out. They want to, it's, it's crazy. I've seen this for such a long time where again, I just had to laugh at it and be like, all right, focus on the people that care about you. Whether and the longer you, but the longer you're in the business, the harder it is to get out because the fact that the deeper the relationships are and, and the more there's the things. Hotel, California. <laughs> yeah. It's keep going. It's, you're making, it's I mean, true. this is why I didn't want to have a real estate person on here before is that, it's, I mean, like, honestly, there's, there's no anger in, in my heart for it because I'm grateful, but it makes me sad for the people that it's their entire life. Yeah. That's it. And it's a lifestyle choice to make a lot of money where you, really you can't even enjoy the money. Oh, I mean, I think I haven't, I think it's only been 18 months that I've started actually enjoying my children. Yeah. It, because I finally set up a team. I literally, for and even for the first year of having my team, it was worse than before I had the team. Because before it was like, well, I, I, it's, it's me. Pause. You have it to teach people. It takes time off lead generating. You're yeah. getting off the drug. A couple bad hires, a couple, you know, a, a couple messed up things. You're not paying attention. I'm not paying attention to my own personal business. I'm doling out leads to make sure people are, want to be on my team. Because in the beginning, I just Googled doling in my head. I was like, giving <laughs> out? Okay. We're in Dallas. I give it. Yeah. I got it though. I'm tracking. Doling out leads. That's what I was doing. Because I didn't even think that I thought agents would need to have leads to want to be on my team. And now it's like, no. You don't actually need leads from me. The occasional once off, that's fine, but but they actually want the infrastructure, they want the they want the mentorship, they want so much more from being on the team. And that's been amazing. And then actually watching everybody start producing has been wonderful because I have been able to sit back and say, thought leadership is my mission. Like I want to be able to tell women, show women out there that you don't need validation to do the thing you really want to do. And you need to go out there and 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 go for it. Because I waited 12 years till million dollar listing told me that I could go out there and start a team. And then what I about mustached submitting. men? Are they <laughs> able to uh, glean your wisdom? Can you, sure. can you please dole some wisdom to me real quick? So, I, I don't think you need my wisdom though, Rogers. I feel like you're crushing it here. It's, and it's a mask. Literally. It's a mask. It's, okay. it's, it's a mask for real. Like and you, you, again, you find out uh, as people that have matured in the industry of business in the world of, of real estate, I think that it's valuable to know what you don't want to do before you find out what you want to do, mm -hmm. right? In real estate, again, it's always going to be part of my story. I'm always going to do it. And like you, I'm never going yeah. to just be like, I'm done. This sucks. But it gave me the wisdom and discernment and ability to go and kind of see the things that are my superpowers, which yes. is not resiliency because I'm, I'm not resilient. I'm, I'm weak. Um, but I, I tell you this before I start to cry. I'm kidding. So 
thought leadership. Like, like what, mm-hmm. what is your mission with that? Like, how do you go and roll that up into one thing to where you right. just continue to dole out, dole uh, out advice, nuggets of advice? Nuggets. Uh, well, I have a book proposal. It's, um, mm. we're working on that. Hopefully that will be. What's a book called? We were calling it, right? It was your name. Sell without selling it was out. something. We, we had an idea of like your name in lights and talking about what, re, what reality television taught me about, you know, being a, being a star for myself or something like that. And the, and actually that is the crux of what I thought the best idea was. <clears throat> Unfortunately, book agents don't think that's the best idea. But what my point was is everybody thinks that they need reality TV to do all this stuff because reality TV is going to bring it to you when all the stuff I did once I was cast on a television show, I could have totally done without TV and I wouldn't have been spending three to four hours a day, three days a week filming a television show. I could have had like my own YouTube channel or something else and it probably would have made me even more successful. Mm. And, And I was waiting for validation for all this time because I wanted validation from a really big entity. And for me, Bravo was, was enough. That was like, wow, Bravo thinks I'm, I'm big enough, I'm cool enough. But if I had just had that confidence in myself, I would have had a totally different, totally different career. How to sell without selling out. Um, and then back to the movie about you. Who's playing you in this movie? <laughs> There's no movie yet. You want to play yourself. I yeah, guess. yeah, I'm going to be playing myself. Exactly. I'm working on memorizing my lines. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm actually trying to stay with the questions. Okay. Um, so, so back to the TV thing, because again... You got to be grateful for it, right? And you did it. Oh, you did it for. You it was were, amazing. You were the first female ever on Million Dollar Listing. Yeah. Um, fun fact: I was on Million Dollar Listing like ten years ago uh, in L.A. I was cast, and I did not live in L.A. I didn't have my license in L.A. And the person that I showed a house to was uh, on a layover mo- mo- going back to London. And so I was like, "Oh, Million Dollar Listing, eh? You got me." But you were a groundbreaker, right? You've mm-hmm. been called the Neil Armstrong of Million Dollar Listing. That's what You've they been, call everywhere the, I go. Neil or, Armstrong. Um, or maybe even you were the um, the uh, who would be the who's a groundbreaker? I can't say what I wanted to say because that would probably get me canceled. <laughs> yeah, you were. I don't. I keep wanting to say Jackie Robinson. I'm like, I say <laughs> okay, that, I'll be dope. and then I'm like, oh, okay. that's where I get killed. Um, so you you were you were the first female in, in Million Dollar Listing, this television show, which again it it creates this fantasy around real estate. I know where the fantasy the, around real estate, where all you have to do is get on TV, and all of a sudden you have this incredible career. And it ruins people, not your show necessarily, but I think it led to the Instagram generation, where I've seen it hundreds of times over, where people think they can take a photo in front of a house that they don't go and have I as know. a listing, that they did not sell, they don't live in. And then they're just like, I hope my eight followers are going to go and buy this house for me. And then they go and hit someone that wants to buy it. And next thing you know, those people don't know how to sell real estate. But oh. but maybe tell us about that. What was that like being a groundbreaker in an industry that, for what it's worth, has been dominated by females since right. day one? And all of a sudden, 10, 12 years ago, right. it became a cool business for everybody to do. Yeah, um, or, or people with real degrees. Yeah. You know, now it's like, you know, we get people, I have people calling me went to real, who went to, you know, Ivy League schools who want to work for me, which I'm like, what? Just a secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can barely write an email, buddy. I don't know. Yeah. But okay, sure. Come, I'll teach you how to sell. Um, so as far as w- what it was like, uh, I think the thing with f- casting or filming a TV show is, especially for somebody like me, I'd never been on TV. I didn't do any broadcast stuff beforehand. I had done the morning announcements in middle school. And that's pretty much the equivalent of what I had done on television. And uh, and that's not television. It? That was like a closed loop thing. Did you ever leave with the, oh, So the circle of trust has been broken. <laughs> you never led with like, hey, real quick, before I go to list your $50 million apartment, 
You might not recognize my face, but real quick, this morning for lunch, we're having pizza squares and corn. <laughs> that was me. They're like, Kirsten? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought it was the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and, you know, again, Million Dollar Listing pales in comparison. What was the school you went to? Rye High School. Uh, do you want to give them a shout-out real quick? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dr. Yeah. Ba- Mr. Bayonne. I really appreciate it. Thanks for getting rid of all those videos that I should have kept. You know, they, get, they get rid sketchy. of them at the end. That was actually sketchy. <laughs> Videos. They get rid of all of the VHS tapes like at the end of the year at like like within five days of school ending. And I had some great because I was I was actually in video production in high school. Oh, nice. And I was like, I love sitting in the editing chair. It was like my favorite thing to do. And I had all these incredible <laughs> videos that I'd made. I did the end of the year video for the high school. Anyway, going back. When is the statue getting dedicated <laughs> to you at Rye High School? Well, I was a national champion race walker when I was in high school. So they already have a sign and a plaque for me in the high school gym. So Google does but I'm literally what the hell is race walking is race this walking like is a, an Olympic sport oh like power walking yeah, yeah so you yeah. really did that I really did that I was so you're I, just too slow to run I was an all-american athlete no definitely too slow to run and I was in I was doing track and field I've all these it. years yeah all these years track and race field walking doing like always last Chariots nobody fire, wanted me on dun, yeah nobody dun, wanted me on the dun, relay dun, dun, exactly it's slower it's like slow it down dun, dun, dun. that's it that's my path <laughs> and that's how it felt when you got into real estate too real estate yeah, is your race walking that's exactly what how do you turn race walking into a career come here let me show you we're gonna go block to block in Manhattan because you cannot run because of all the lights and all the tourists but you found a way to parlay your passion for race walking into this and you just texted me blake lively is paying you in the movie blake lively get off the treadmill (laughs) get on the streets race walking um okay so yeah here here we are back to um thought leadership Mm -hmm. maybe give me something right now that is thoughtful Oh my gosh. Well, yesterday, yesterday, from a leadership angle. Yes, from a leadership angle, yesterday, my topic was being the CEO of your business and your home. And we talked about, or I talked about, how important it is to own that if you really do want to have a career, you're going to have to set up systems at home and in the office to be able to get out of the house and, and did my wife send your, you here? Uh, go after your goals. No, she did not. Oh my God. Like the, 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 the timing of this is uncanny. So it's very, it's really, really tough. And I have not, and, it's a work in progress. It's always changing. It's really, really hard to set up systems that you're going to know are going to fail because a lot of them fail for a long time. And it's always changing. As your kids get older, you go from needing one kind of babysitter to another kind of babysitter to one kind of school. Maybe you put a kid in a school. It's a total disaster. You have to move them to another school. All of this is going on while you're supposed to be selling houses or leading a team, showing up every day, being in a good mood, doing your morning routine, meditating, exercising, all the rest of it. Race walking. Race walking. And 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 it's and it's super freaking hard. And I think that if you don't set up the systems, because I didn't even realize it, but I was always setting up systems so that I could be home less and work more. And then I made the shift home recently. Less? Yes, home less to like, work more. Okay, but I'm or homeless. I was like, if a homeless realtor, <laughs> that's, that's not good. Moron. That's not good. That. We can't have that. You would we be home less. You would be home less often. Um, but okay, but back to that too. As someone who maybe is living a version of that now, has that made you more efficient? Being homeless and working more, or switching? Well, maybe building <laughs> systems in place for essentially everything in your life, yes. as long as it's not so robotic, where you're obviously a wife and a mom before you're a yes. realtor. But there's nothing wrong with going and having some programming at the house. You really, you really have to like uh, just systems so that at least if somebody's home taking care of your kids when you're not there, which which kind of is the way that it works if both parents are going to be working simultaneously, is you need you need that person to have you know, an ability to know where the doctor is, who they need to call, who, they, I mean, there just needs to be all of these basics in place and you need to own it. If you want to be up early and so does your husband, like I have somebody who lives in our home, who's a nanny five days a week. And you know what? That's what I need. 
And that's the only way I can get up and out every day and do what I do. And I did years and years of having somebody who showed up at 8.30 or 9, and it killed me. My husband would travel. I'd be home alone. I'd be getting my kids up. And I wasn't able to do what makes me, like, be in a great mood and be me in the morning. And finally, I was like, you know what? I don't care what it takes. If I can't do this, I can't do my job. And I can't even be a good person to my family because there are aspects of my morning routine that are non-negotiable for me. Hmm. And and so I did that. However, if you say that out loud, people judge you. Well, but you know yourself. Yeah, I had yeah. to own it. I had to own it. And and it's something that I, I have friends who roll their eyes. My family thinks I'm ridiculous. Well, but, but it's what it takes. Look, look at you now. Yeah. Um, I'm here. I'm able to be here. My family's in New York. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm there yet, but yeah. Well, I don't know. one at one child is so different. Yeah, well, than but two I or mean, three. but it's you know ag- agreed, and I'm not even saying with with the kids stuff. It's just that I'm I'm so extreme one way or the other. It's just I, uh, you know, before getting married, I just lived at my office and <laughs> did the same thing every Friday, every Saturday, and it mm-hmm. was just this you know perpetual routine. And I've kind of live in a version of it now that you know I don't know if I want to modify it, but it's given me you know, a different reason to, to live. Here's a, here's a loaded question for people like you and me. Balance. Do you have balance? Do you believe in balance? Do you think you can have balance as a successful real estate entrepreneur? I think my 40s are going to bring more balance. I'm turning 40 in, in June. Um, but right now, well, June it's when? June, June 22nd. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, 40 is when everything becomes euphoria. Yeah, yeah you that's know what it feels like. Yeah. I can already feel. I can already feel the forties are going to be so much better. Not better. The thirties were amazing, and I feel like I've done so much in my thirties, and I'm so thankful that I went for it on so many things that I didn't hold back and I didn't wait till later. Um, but as far as balance, right now it's kind of balance versus integration and and just advocacy. So it's kind of like I make sure that I have. I advocate for myself and what I need and what I want and what I know I need for myself so that I'm able to show up for the people in my life and show up for myself. And it involves a lot of integration. It involves a lot of, hey, you know, which friend, you know, is is important to hang out with right now. But if I'm thinking of lead generation, I'm going to see this friend for lunch and these people I'm going to prioritize for dinner sooner because that's that's where we are in our business right now. My husband's a developer. We have to think about who we're spending our time with. Um, but but other than that, I actually have switched and I used to spend time on the weekends going out and seeing people. And now I try to focus everything to the week. And on the weekends, I really do try to just stay with, be with my family. My kids are at an age where they go out to dinner with us because my youngest is almost six. And like, it's a totally different world. Like we yeah. have real weekend family time and that is awesome. I have agents showing for me on the weekends. I have the occasional client on the weekends, but it's no longer my whole thing. And that feels like, I feel like I'm like, have this liberation where all I'm doing is taking phone calls on the weekends now and just working on the weekends. I'm not actually showing on the weekends. Do you bring your phone with you to dinner? Yes. I do. Where does it sit? Right here. Yeah. Same. But I put it on, I, I do flip it. I flip it so I can't see it. You have a flip phone? <laughs> well, I flip it down so okay. that if it's so that it's only, a, if it's a call and it's like vibrating multiple times, will I see it? And then I look yeah, at it later. It's so hard. The phone I think is our business partner and also it's our, it's our enemy. It's, oh, it's, it's definitely our enemy. And I've been really, I got one of those, um, clocks that wakes you up with light in the morning so that you can put your phone clock? out of the room. No, it's a, one of those light alarm clocks, the ha- the hatch one that like, it's like a, it's like a sunrise. And oh. so I got, so I can take my phone out of my room. And so I got my phone out of my bedroom oh my so gosh. that I, I wake up to this like orb of light in the morning and 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 then I go. You wait for Superman to walk in and be like, "Welcome to Planet Krypton, Kirsten. It's time to go and save New York City. I'm ready. Here we go, Dad. 
Um, yeah, okay, so so good. the balance question there there's no such thing as balance, you know. I, I think don't that think so. I mean again, that's kind of the 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 bug that bites you is once you get into this. Yeah, you I know. think you're talking we're talking prioritization, integration, and self advocacy, and if you can put the three of those together, you have a better chance of something that's kind of like balance. And an orb, a morning orb, <laughs> the morning orb um, it wakes you up. Yeah, you're going to get an endorsement deal from Hatch after this. Oh, I mean, I, they just follow me around with endorsement deals for all kinds of crazy stuff now. Just yeah. all the time. Well, you can just you imagine can, it. This cup is free when we're done, so you're welcome. <laughs> okay, I'll be taking one of those. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get to the uh, – we're going to start to land the plane here. Thought okay. leadership. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the best advice you've ever received? Oh. It could be across the board. Okay, well – Oh, my God. The best advice I could ever. Well, I've got a couple of them. It's so hard. But, okay, we'll go with one. Um, Treat yourself in the morning like you're the best in the world at what you do. What about the rest of the day? Well, I think that the morning is what sets you off for the rest of the day. To me, it's like if you didn't do it right in the morning, it's like the rest of the day is pretty much garbage. Okay. What's the second best piece of advice you've ever received? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to cut we're that one. We're going to cut it. I like we that. didn't like it. No, it's a, a morning affirmation, right? Like it, it like it, it, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and damn it, people love you. Yeah, you know, and treat yourself like you're the best in the world and see what happens. Because if you treat yourself like you're the best in the world at what you do, let's see what the rest of the day is going to be like. I used to treat myself like I was like, you know, the something to everybody but but nothing kind of thing. And now I've changed. So that's that's part of that's what I think about when I plan my morning routine. The second piece of advice that I really that I thought was really awesome was actually from Ryan Sarhan. I'm gonna shout out to Ryan. Um, was how to pick how I was on the television show when I was cast a million dollar listing. I was like, what's your best piece of advice? And he said that the broker I should be on the show is who I want to be in five years, because no matter what people see on the first episode, that's what they're gonna see of me for the next, you know foreseeable future so don't show up as who you are today show up as who you plan on being i love that and Um, i thought i thought that was really nice and i tried to do the best i could at that but i it was still super super hard no you did a great job who are your heroes in the industry um i would say i mean like i love barbara corcoran i think she's amazing i mean she built something awesome and she actually sold it got out and now she's got a whole second career in life and thought leadership which is amazing she's happy (laughs) She's happy. <laughs> she's happy. <laughs> she's yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. She's not referring to. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. If she must still refer them to Corkin or something like that. But no, she's not actually actively doing real estate. She did something else. Oops. So I would say she's a hero. Um, I mean, Ryan's Ryan's a huge inspiration to me. No matter what. I mean, I think he's incredible. I I don't I don't think I'll ever be able to have the rhythm that he lives because he's just superhuman. Um, but what I admire the most about him is how he's able to 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 be so good at turning it on and turning it off and in conserving his energy in between like shoots in between everything. I think that's really inspiring. And I also think he's trying to do good. And, and, um, I love the educational component of, of his business. And I admire the fact that he's also created a separate business that involves educating realtors and isn't just about being in production. And he's still able to be in production just enough to to clip some really big deals, which is a pretty awesome place to be. If you could take out any realtor, who would it be and why? Take them out? Sure. Oh. How would you take them out to? I mean, I feel like there's I, I, there's nobody specifically, but I'd say that what really hurts our business are the agents that are ill-prepared oh. and uh, they're not trained and they're not um, and they're not going to be open-minded or, or to try to do what they're doing better. And, and I think that's, that's what kills the business and it's giving us all a bad name. And I wish there was a better formalized training system for agents because getting your license isn't training. It's literally just one little sheet of paper 
between you and, you know, messing up somebody's most important investment of their whole life. Look at that. Well, well said. I have a lot more questions I can ask. I'll, I'll ask a handful more. Um, if you could go and fix one thing about real estate, what would it be on the brokerage side? On the brokerage side, um, I would I would definitely make it a requirement for I would definitely make it a requirement for brokerages to have a very very heavy educational component and a separate certification for each agent for each brokerage. Like there had there has to be another level of education. Can I ask an awkward question? Yeah, that's going to push the limits a little bit. What are your thoughts on making agents take an updated headshot photo every year? <laughs> <laughs> that's so good yeah uh yeah sure that would we could, that would change the industry single-handedly right yeah um thoughts on name tags <laughs> like all agents have to wear name tags yes yes or no uh oh my god that would be great sure you have to show up at every showing with like something around your neck with a name tag on it okay and then as far as for the audience we're getting a lot of fan questions right now proper uh pronunciation of the word of our career of our industry what is it what are we I mean, to me, we're brokers. But like... If we're in the rest of the country. What are we? Are we realtors? Or are we realtors? <laughs> Which, it's awkward, I, right? Y'all don't understand. You could no. cut the tension with a knife. If you're in this room, there's a lot of sweating. The audio, studio audience is freaking out. Somebody just left. They're super offended. <laughs> but this is what you've wanted to hear for a long time, and she's finally here. Is it realtors or is it realtor? Oh, gosh. For me, it's realtors. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite deal? Is it the next one? What's your favorite deal? (laughs) What's your favorite deal ever? Well, the favorite deal is the one I'm getting signed today. That's Mm. my favorite one right now. It's getting signed. No, I'm not kidding. I really have one that needs to get signed right now. Kirsten Jordan for Congress. Uh, And and then, like, what's the end goal? At what point do you go and you're like, I've secured my head on the Mount Rushmore of realtors? Of realtors? Realtors. Uh, Realtors. When does that happen? At what point is there, you know... The $350 million development, you're on television, you stole my spot on MFSNBC and oh. Fox News, and there's a little resentment here. Um, but like, at what point are you like, I've done it? Well, on some level right now, I've already done it just for so many things that I thought I would never and ever do, which is amazing. Yeah. Wow. And I'm really thankful for Can that. Can you drop that? If you do, it'll break, but like, just maybe give it like a, <laughs> okay, the mic has been, it's been lowered. It's Can been lowered. Lower the mic. Lower yes. the mic. Lower the mic. Yes. So I'm there with a lot of things. And then what's really awesome is we just made our plan for the next, I don't know, five years of exciting things. And it does involve the book deal. It does involve a lot more speaking engagements in front of groups of people about my story, but also what I'm seeing out there and, and how I've created my team and how I you know, live my life and all that. Um, and then the other part of it is like, I, I really want to, to have some sort of educational component that I create at some point in time. And I feel like right now I'm still busy building what I'm, what, what I'm making. Yeah. And so I'm not there to say, Hey, like, this is how you do it. I'm like, Hey, this is how you do it to get here, but we want to be here. So like, I'll let you know when we're here and then I'll, and then I'll teach a class about Which here it. Here always gets expanded, right? Well, here does get expanded, but there's a couple big milestones that would really, um, that I think would would be really impactful for people to say, okay, we went from here to here in this amount of time, and then that's you know tripling, quadrupling, whatever, and and this is how many people, and and this is the reputation we have, which is I think actually the most important part is how do you how do you scale a team in a short time period, still maintain culture and reputation, because reputation in this industry, if you're gonna set yourself apart from everybody else is, is what it really takes. And also just being a good person. Yeah. And for, in our industry in New York, it's a very collaborative environment. If brokers work Oof. with each other at the high end all the time. It's, it's, there's a, I mean, I am, some of my best friends in the world are the real estate agents in New York city and, okay. and we don't even spend a ton of time together, but they, I call them to like 
pour out my soul of something that's happened and ask them if I did something wrong. And those are the, the only people I can call because they actually understand what I'm talking about because they're living life in the way I'm living it. Awesome. And they're the ones that can say, hey, like you should do this or shouldn't. And we're not like trading trade secrets all the time, but we are sometimes too because the objective is to level up the professionalism and the reputation of the business. School poster, a high tide raises all ships. For sure. Yeah. For sure, and and this business needs that because because it's become more and some more lucrative. Some ships need a capsize. Like yeah, yeah. Some they, of them we gotta we gotta pff, take yeah, them down. Yeah. But 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 you know, call the pirates. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, the adjustment in the market always takes out a certain percentage of the agents, and and that's just the natural selection of so I would just the say Darwinism. Flush the toilet, and she would say, sometimes based on the Pythagorean theorem, <laughs> it's good for people to go and remove themselves from the prize. Like flush the toilet. <laughs> Uh, all right, two more questions. Right. Uh, the first of the two, so the second to last. Describe yourself in one word. Oh, I don't know. That's so That's hard. Seven words. Seven words. Just one uh, word. Um, uh, can, I come, can you come back to me on that for a second? Well, there's only one other. Sure. There's only one other. Okay. Here's the second. Right. Here's the last question. Okay, we'll come back to the second to last. <laughs> what uh, What do you want to be remembered as? So you look back in, in 70 years mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. you're... you're um, I want to be remembered as somebody who really um i want to be remembered as a thought leader for women in real estate and mustache it can be men, men in real estate but i do think that my largest demographic is women and and i did a i did a talk yesterday in front of a bunch of women and and i felt like i was able to easily craft something based on my last 15 years of experience and touch the lives of 400 women in 45 minutes you know why it's natural yeah. I think when something feels natural and there's familiarity in a friendship and a relationship, whatever it is, you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Describe yourself in one word. Oh my God. Um, three. three, two, one. Um, love. It's just, I mean, it's like if I had to pick one thing, no, because of the fact Own that it. truly I have a love, love. for real for, estate. I do have a love for real estate because of the fact that I'm good at it. And I think that when you're good at things, you create this natural love towards it. Like, having success. That's why I got into race walking. The first race that I did when I was race walking, I won. And because they put me in a really, really slow heat and I happen to have good form. And so I won the first race and the beginner's luck made me so excited that I was like, oh, I'm going to crush this. And I did because I was chasing that high of being the first one the first time. And that's, yeah. that's real estate. You're just chasing the dragon, man. <laughs> Actually. Okay. Follow-up question. What were your preferred shoes during the race walks? Was it like um, a Skechers shape up? Was it a Nike? Oh. Did you ever go barefoot? Mm. Did you want to? Well, mix it in up? the races, you're supposed to wear these flats. They're called, which are like um, racing shoes, and so they're super, super thin. And I used to wear these Nike flats that were racing shoes that were super flat. Another endorsement, um, Nike. There we are, Nike. They're coming Nike. after me. They're yeah, they're Dude, looking listen, for people like let's, me. Let's create some layers. All right, <laughs> like, thank God for Shannon. Um, all right, well, any any closing thoughts here? You know, what, what do you um, want to leave the world with? Because you know, everyone's going to see this, and every, you, everyone yeah. will leave the world with. Oh my gosh. Not the like. This world, the world of Rogers that. Oh, leave, leave the world of Rogers that with, um, I don't know, I think I think it's just really fun that agents or I don't know, what what do we call ourselves? Uh, friends? Leaders. Oh. Leaders, yes, we can be friends too. Ooh. We are. Okay. Um, but leaders can talk about what they're seeing out there and talk about being real human beings. It yeah. is important to be a real human being before you're an agent because even though I think it's really hard to take the real estate agent out of the person, it's it hard. is still to be... It's still good to be a good person. Yeah, it's hard. And sometimes I'm like, who? I literally am like, who am I? Who am I? Well, right? because there are so many questionable moments out there when you say, should I do this or should I do that? It's like, 
it's just that's why we need thought leaders like my friend Kirsten. Uh, and then Kirsten, the best way to support you other than just turning on the television to literally any channel. She oh, was on Telemundo <laughs> yesterday. Kirsten speaks Spanish all essentially. Casa. She's literally selling casas. What's the best way to support you? How do we find you? Um, well, my Instagram is Kirsten.jordan, and that's really my most important handle. And then I have a website, KirstenJordan.com. So there's two, what other extensions have you forgotten about? Uh, and the book. When will we know about the book? Maybe Hopefully just, soon. I think if you have anybody who you think would be really interested in in, in my book, you you let me know because we're shopping it right now. We're really out there. I got a guy. You got a guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's a gal. She's a woman. <laughs> so you got that in common. She's a thought leader. She likes books. That's what we're excited about. We, that The book deals what's coming. Cool. Well, ladies and Thank gentlemen. Thank you. Great job.